Mitch Smedley started a business less than three years ago, and he shared a piece of advice with me that was so profoundly simple, yet so important. I think everybody needs to hear it. Are you an entrepreneur who's looking for motivation, strategy, and tactical guidance on taking your business to the next level? Do you like surrounding yourself with action takers who know what it takes to win? If so, you're in the right place. My name is Josh Thomas, and I'm your host. Join me as I speak with some of the greatest business minds on the planet. Welcome to The Do Zone. You're too worried about the payment and not focused on the payoff. Burton Hughes. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas, glad to have you. Hey, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. This podcast is brought to you by Unbreakable Teams. We use a science-backed process to triple your company's productivity without additional costs so that you can buy back your time. To learn more about how we can help you dominate the next 12 months, head over to unbreakableteams.com. Once again, that's unbreakableteams.com. Hey, today's guest is Mitch Smedley. He is a master plumber with over 20 years in the industry, and he opened Smedley Plumbing in 2020 and has been growing ever since, has one of the coolest taglines in all of existence, fixed pipes, pet dogs. Mitch, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Hey, Josh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. It's a it's a blessing and an honor. So um, for me, I think the the main thing that I do to get stuff done is I take care of everything as it comes in. So at, at our point in our business, I try to never leave something as a, uh, you know, oh, I'll get to that or, oh, I'll get to that. If, if something comes in and it's in my channel, I take care of it immediately. If something comes to me and it's not in my lane, then I immediately delegate it off to the lane that it's supposed to be in. And I try to leave nothing just kind of hanging out there to do. So the to-do list is short, but the tasks come in fast. Nice. I love that. And just, uh, it's, uh, you, you just have a, you have a short bin for storage Yeah, and you dump that bin often. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We were, yep. uh, we were filming some YouTube videos today and a couple of things came in and I had to get rid of them. You know, I had to tell my videographer, hold on, I gotta, I gotta handle these right now. Otherwise I may forget. So um, I just <laughs> right. in and out. And and so uh, you are relatively new uh, to launching a business. You had a W-2 job for the longest time and decided, you know what, I can walk away from this and I can do my own thing. And And I think that there's a lot of people in this audience that either have done that or would love to do it, or would at least love to hear the trials and tribulations and failures of somebody else that did it. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I'm curious, let's go back to that. And let's talk about that inception of a decision to start a business when you have all this comfort and security of a job. Yeah. We, uh, so, so like you said, I've been in the industry for a little over 20 years and a lot of that has been managing large plumbing departments for other companies. And, um, you know, you, you manage one company. I was with one company for like 10 years and 
kind of started their plumbing department from its infancy. It, it was there, but it wasn't really doing much and, you know, grow it to, you know, like 13 employees and, and doing some, some pretty admirable revenue. Left that company on great terms, went to a different company that was much larger and they had like 21 employees and they were doing a lot more admirable revenue. So I was there for about 18 months, uh, was not a very good cultural fit at that company, um, was like a fish out of water, uh, did not blend well with their culture. And so um, my time there was not as long as it could have been, but I was perfectly okay with that. Um, left there and um, at, at that time I had had the plans to start our own company, but I wasn't quite ready financially. And so I did a, a short uh, tenure at a different company where they did not have a plumbing department at all. And I was given the opportunity to start a plumbing department for them. And so I had all this other, you know, solid background of, of running large plumbing companies. This was my first chance to start one from the beginning. And within seven months, we had them doing about $70,000 a month in revenue um, and, and clicking right along in some fairly automated processes. And so that was all I needed to understand that like, I've, I've done this really well for everybody else other than me. It's time that we do this uh, for, for our family. And so um, April. It's interesting um, that you, the, the last opportunity that you had was actually well, hey, why don't you do a test run of starting your own business, but with training wheels? <laughs> that was that was kind of a nice bonus. So sorry about that. We had a little bit of a technical issue. Uh, so what I was saying right there at the end was it, it was it was an interesting opportunity that you got a chance to do a dry run of starting a business with the training wheels on because you started a plumbing department that didn't exist. It was almost everything that you wanted to do, but in the safety of a job. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a really, really cool opportunity because I got to do, like you said, a dry run of everything that I wanted to do. I had already written all the processes out for how we were going to start our company. And so now I got an opportunity to, to do a test run of those processes with somebody else's money, essentially. And um, lo and behold, everything worked really, really well. And I made a few tweaks from, from that one to ours, but for the most part, everything worked perfectly. That's great. And so, and so basically you've just been flawless and you haven't made any mistakes. Is that right? Yeah, right. I, I wish that were the case. <laughs> so, so what are some things that you learned along the way when you when you did decide to take the training wheels off? And it sounds like you had a lot of momentum, you had a lot of experience, and you had a lot of opportunities to learn the lessons as you went, but not everything went as planned. So talk to me a little bit about some of those lessons you learned when you were out there figuring it out on your own completely. Yeah, so we... Um some of the hurdles that we've run into with our own company, um, you, you you always run into a couple of hurdles with uh, things like accountants and tax advisors and stuff like that. Uh, you put a lot of faith in those people and uh, you're, you're hoping that they're doing the right thing. You vetted them well and everything else. But we did run into one big hiccup in our company where we were given some wrong information for about nine months from our accountant. And then 
at the at the end of it were surprised with about a forty thousand dollar tax bill that we were not expecting. So that was one of the larger hurdles we've had uh, that we didn't really create ourselves. Um, all the other hurdles that we've run into were hurdles that we kind of created ourselves by being a little a little different in how we operate. Um, I have a, a videographer on staff. And uh, my first videographer that I hired didn't really work out very well. It was a bad hire and uh, it took me a couple of months to figure that out. So that was kind of costly. But uh, as we as we learn uh, more about people, we, we do better as the time goes on. So you're probably one of the very few plumbers that I know that has a videographer on staff. Talk to me about that. Yeah, we realized early on that the way marketing is going and the way social media is going, it's no longer about taking some photo that you found online and attaching a little bit of wording to it and and posting it on your social media as a way to get uh, business. And so uh, we also wanted to kind of diversify the company a little bit and do some YouTube stuff. And so I made the commitment early on to You're good. Okay. Well, it just stopped and then started again. Yeah, so I'd say we've got a schizophrenic signal here. So it'll just yeah. keep it, it keeps everybody on their toes. You know, they're like, I don't know when Mitch is which is yeah. when Mitch is gonna stop in the middle of a sentence and just like disappear. But yeah, it's yeah. Cool. So, so um yeah, we were we made the decision to do some YouTube stuff and everything else. And so we had uh, I hired a videographer and we started doing some promotional commercials and we started doing some YouTube stuff. And we also used the videographer for like a little podcast that we do. And so uh, we keep them really, really busy. And we didn't really know like what avenue was going to kind of take off and what avenue was going to be where he was valued most initially. But now we've kind of honed in on the fact that um, it's it's a really good uh, play to have them hanging out in the YouTube space and have them hanging out in the podcast space a little bit. So that's great. And so you really took a different approach. Uh, and I'm and I'm curious. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, we we would call this you know kind of home services profession. Uh, there's a lot of home service professionals out there that uh, do not have the same opinion or the same perspective about promoting themselves and putting themselves on social media, hiring videographers and those sorts of things. And so uh, why why do you feel like that was the way that you went when so many of your peers would not go that way? And what kind of results have you noticed it creating for you? Yeah, for for us, a lot of it is kind of one of our um, one of our modes that we operate from is a mode of transparency. We don't really hide anything from anybody, and uh, we feel that's kind of part of the the customer service product that we deliver. And so we didn't really have a problem, you know, filming pretty much everything that we do and showcasing that. And so you know, our videographer is like ridden around in the truck with me all day long. And we've posted those videos on YouTube. We've, we've made some how-to videos and some tutorial type videos and stuff like that. And um, it just kind of goes to our general, like customer service based approach of, we want to be able to service customers, not only here in the Kansas city area, but also all around the nation. And YouTube allows us to do that a little bit and kind of extend our reach um, behind the scenes too, there is some digital perks to that when you're increasing your 
you know, internet footprint or your digital footprint, so to speak, it does help garner some attention for uh, when people are searching for a plumber locally. I see. And so are you able to serve people in other parts of the country, uh, even though you're not able to go to their house? Is there still a way that you can do business with them? Um, yeah, kind of vicariously through YouTube. So um, one of the latest videos we released is is probably like, if, if you don't know what a plumber, if you don't, if, if you're not a plumber, you won't know what this is, but it's probably one of the best videos on YouTube about thermal expansion. And so uh, anybody who's searching up thermal expansion is catching this video and they're asking tons of questions and we're able to answer them and all of that stuff. And um, through all of the advertisements and everything that run on the video, we do see an income stream from that. So um, it starts out small and then it kind of builds like a snowball, but it's uh, YouTube is definitely kind of a long play scenario. Fascinating. And, uh, and so in the, you've been in business for a couple of years now for yourself. Uh, you know, what, what are some of the, uh, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you might pass down to somebody who is just getting started and you've got a couple of years, you've obviously done a, th a lot of things, right. You've been very, very deliberate and purposeful. What are some of the kind of key lessons that you might pass down to somebody that's a little bit behind you? Yeah. The, the biggest lesson I would probably pass down is to make sure that you're doing your business for a profit. There's a lot of people that, what? Yeah. There, there's a lot of people that like leave their jobs and their, their goal with their business is they hope to replace their income from their former job. And if that's all the higher your goal is, if you come up a little bit short, well, now you've done all of this for less than what you were making at your other job. And you've got all the other headaches. And so we set our goals big enough to make sure that it wasn't going to stay just a one-man shop. We wanted to grow it to the point where we could get a little bit hands-off and get a little bit more of our freedom back and have a little bit more uh, automation, maybe if that's the right word, to where when phones come in and ring, we don't have to answer them every time. And when service calls need to be ran, I'm not having to be the one to run those every time. And so um, that's that's been the goal since day one. And if you have that goal since day one, even if you come up a little bit short, what coming up short in that is, is just it delays the timeline a little bit. So um, it, it makes it to where you have for sure replaced your income and you're actually building something that will be of some value someday. I I love that. Make sure you're running your business for a profit. And it's it's almost like, well, duh. But, uh, you know, I've worked with more than 5,000 entrepreneurs uh, over a 15-year career directly with them. And the, uh, the first goal that I usually get when I ask somebody, what are you trying to accomplish? I want to replace my income. That's the first goal. Yeah. And, and most people really don't think beyond that. Right. It's like, I have a job. And so how do I recreate the rewards that that job gives me, but just without the job. And right. that's a, that's a very limiting box that you put yourself in. Somebody else defined at one point in the past, this is how much I'm worth. And then you're like, yeah, seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that number. I just yeah. don't want to have to work so much for it. But, but in reality, there is no cap on that. Right. Right. I'm in a, I'm in a situation now, 
to where uh, I I have a very specific money problem in one area. And I'm like, okay, I got to solve this money problem. And then I have multiple potential solutions. All of them are like big solutions. <laughs> like, wow, that could be a significant amount of income. And why couldn't I get it? You right. know, the, the, I used to be a teacher and the teacher version of me would be like, oh, that's way too much money. <laughs> that's too risky. I'm not worth that. Yeah. Why would anybody pay me that much money in that little time? Right. But current me is like, yeah, I just need to bring on a couple more people to manage a couple of these things and I can get all three of them. Why not? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how we run our businesses. Um, it's from a value-based standpoint. So the more value we can provide the customers, the more that we are worth, right. And the more that we can charge. And um, in the, in the plumbing business, the charges are pretty high. Um, it, you know, it is what it is. We have a lot of overhead and we have a lot of costs and we also take care of our employees really, really well with, you know, benefits and retirement and 401k and vacations and all of that kind of stuff. And so um, it, it, it all adds up to be pretty expensive. But if you approach it from a value-based standpoint to where you're delivering enormous amounts of value to the customer, they're okay with the expenses because they're seeing tons of value. Whereas a lot of other companies or maybe even smaller companies, they're they're just coming in and fixing the problem and leaving and and maybe not even fixing the problem all that well. So I, I, I have a, I have a perfect example of that. Um, I, I went out to dinner this past weekend and I'm in Austin, Texas, super hipstery, bougie, you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we have, we have McDonald's too, uh, but it's just that nobody goes there. And so you can go to McDonald's, and you can get a burger and fries, like an okay burger and fries for like, I don't know, six, eight bucks, something like that. So this place I went, it's called Foreign and Domestic. Uh, and it is uh, locally sourced, ethically farmed, farm to table, nose to tail, like all the all the hippie hippie buzzwords you could imagine. Right. But I wanted to go there because they had this the, the they had one of the best burgers like that in, in town. And so that's why I had heard. And so I get there. First of all, the place is hopping. I mean, it is hopping. It is full uh, and it's tiny. And everybody there is like happy and smiling and having a good time. The food was tremendous. It was very expensive. It was probably one of the most expensive burgers I've had in a while. Yeah. But when I got the bill, the bill said, uh, we add 3% to every bill so that we can provide health insurance to our employees. And there were two things that happened to me there. First of all, I think it's cool that they wanted to make sure and provide health insurance to their employees. Second of all, I thought it was really cool that they wanted to tell me that. Yeah. As a customer, we're charging you a little bit more so that you get that person who is healthy and happy and glad to be serving you. Yeah. And that really stood out to me. Of course, I'll pay the 3%. What? I'm not a monster. Why? Right. You know, I don't want you to be sick. <laughs> I'll pay I'll pay the 3%. It was like a dollar 30 or something. It was like nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah, we um, so like we have a rule in our company that you have to have five years of experience before you can work for us. And there's a lot of plumbing companies that may have like a training based philosophy where they want to bring in new guys and train them. And we kind of went the other way where we want really experienced guys because our customers deserve that experience. And uh, it's just so happened to work out in a way that of the five plumbers we have on staff, we have like 104 years of experience between the five of us. And so where we our target was five years of experience or more, we land at 20 years of experience and more on average. And so uh, that's pretty stinking awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. More than a, more than a century of experience is pretty cool. Right. Right. So, and, and when we do get customers that have questions about the bill and, and all of that kind of stuff, when we have those, when we have those customers that have questions about the bill, um, we're able to tell them, you know, we provide full-blown insurance for all of our guys. We provide retirement. We provide all of the things that they're looking for. And so we can keep these guys on staff for as long as we can. And that usually kind of calms down the customer's um, anxiety about the price once they realize how much we've invested back into our people. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, so you you certainly are a different kind of thinker, one of the most unique plumbers I've I've ever met. So uh, I'd love <laughs> to get into the do zone diagnostic and see how that brain works. What do you think? Yeah, fire away. Awesome. So just five quick questions here that I ask every single guest. Number one, Mitch, what's one thing that you do that keeps you focused on your goals? For me, it's having a very basic routine for at least the first half of the day. Um, I get up, go to the gym, eat breakfast, see my kids off to school, all of those kinds of things. Um, and if if I can start the day out with that kind of a routine, then typically the day is going to finish out fairly well. Um, in our line of work, we don't really know how the day is going to play out. We we start with a schedule. Some of our guys may run into a big issue on their first service call, and now we have to figure out what to do with the rest of their service calls or or whatever the case may be. And so it's kind of hard for me to plan the whole day, but if I can start with a solid routine in the morning and at least get me through about noon, then we're usually pretty good. Nice. And And how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Uh, so when I find that I've lost focus and lost kind of my bearings for me, it's usually because I've started deviating too far from that morning routine, started sleeping in just a little bit, started changing my meals up or changing all of the things that I accomplish in the morning. And, and if I start slacking on those, it's crazy how fast things will come off the rails. And so, um, usually what's the saying go you're not tired because you didn't slow down because you're tired you're tired because you slowed down so um you know if i deviate from that morning routine too far it affects everything who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable uh so i've got two on there one would be my wife for sure um she uh, when, when they say opposites attract, it's pretty, pretty true in our case. I'm definitely a very much go-getter, go-getter, go-getter. And she's all the time kind of having to pull back on the reins a little bit. And so she does a really good job of identifying when um, I may be reaching a little too far or I may have a little 
you know, too lofty of expectations, not necessarily goals, but how fast I think I can achieve something or, or something to that nature. And so she does a really good job of kind of keeping me grounded and she runs the books for our plumbing company. So, uh, she, she knows it on the back end for sure. Um, the other would be apex. Um, one of the neat things about apex is it provides you like a mentorship or a, a place to, uh, continue to learn once you take the journey into entrepreneurship. You know, there's a lot of people that when they're at a job, their job is typically guiding their education or guiding their learning. And so when you leave that job, you're now essentially the smartest person in the room, um, or at least you're perceived that way. And so uh, that's not a position I like to be in. I don't like to be the smartest guy in the room. And so it's kind of nice to break away and and do some of the apex activities to where you realize, okay, I've got a lot of room to grow. And speaking of growing, uh, when you run into a project that you're not sure how to complete, how do you approach that? Um, this is going to sound silly. Um, I approach it very much like they did in the movie, the Martian where he gets stranded on Mars and he's trying to figure out how to get home, right? And he ends that he ends that movie with a quote, and it's pretty much how I take it. Um, and that is basically you've got you know a million problems to solve, and so you just solve one, and then you move to the next one, and you solve that one, and you move to the next one, and you solve that one. And he closes out that movie by saying, eventually, when you solved enough problems, you get to come home. And you know that's kind of how I approach it. We've got we've got a big problem right now at work that we're choosing to get into, and I don't have all the solutions yet. But we're going to go um, look at becoming part of this nice large project where I, I don't know how we're going to figure it out. But we we've got a really good track record of solving the little problems along the way, and and that results in success. I love that idea of just solving the next problem and then next one, and the next one, eventually you get to come home. Last question. What is the number one pro tip that you would give to somebody looking to get more stuff done in less time? Yeah, for me, it starts out with doing less, but doing what you're doing far better than anyone else. So uh, there's a lot of people that, see how much everyone else is doing and they think they should be doing that much stuff. And so for me, I like to come into one thing and, and achieve a high level of mastery in that one thing. And I'll have other ideas of what I want to get into, but I don't get into those until I've achieved a high level of mastery in the one, and then I can move on. Um, and as you do that, now the one thing that you started with is semi-automatic. It doesn't take a lot of your bandwidth. So when you move on to the next thing, you can give it a, the attention it deserves. So for me, it's it's do less, but achieve more with, with what you're doing. I'm doing it far better. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, uh, <clears throat> I work with uh, people who are trying to become investors in real estate. And uh, in one facet of my career and what I've been working on, and uh, it's very complicated. There's a lot of things you have to do. You have to analyze and underwrite numbers. You have to build relationships. You have to seek and source deals and navigate legal peril and all of these things. Uh, and most people get stuck. They can't start because they're trying to be 
good at everything. Yeah. And my advice to them is always don't try to be good at everything. Take the thing that you're already good at and become great at it. Yeah. Find somebody else that's good at some other thing and help and encourage and support them to become great at that thing and just partner up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we started ours, uh, when we started our business, I, I didn't do any of our dispatching or like call taking or anything else. That was kind of my wife's role. So I'm really fortunate. She was in the position to be able to do that. But uh, there's, there's a lot of people that like will start a, a one man service based company and they're trying to answer phones and do all the work and do all the bookkeeping and everything else. And they, they just can't envision past them doing everything. And so it's, if you do garage doors and you're amazing at garage doors, find somebody to answer the phones so that that way you can focus on what you're great at and let somebody else focus on what they're great at. So where is your service area and who should call you when they have a plumbing need or a plumbing issue? Yeah. So we're based out of the Kansas city metropolitan area. We're just a little bit East of Kansas city. And so anybody in the Kansas city metropolitan area with a home, uh, that's our ideal customer. So um, we, we do 98% of what we do is going to be residential service and repair uh, in the, in the plumbing area. So Anything plumbing in a home, we handle. And thank you. And and then uh, where can somebody go to learn more about that? Uh, so our website is callsmedley.com. Uh, makes it pretty easy to get to there. Or you can find us on Facebook at Smedley Plumbing. Um, find the find the logo with the dog on it. And that's, that's going to be us. So, um, and, uh, you know, we... We're pretty active on our social media. We do a lot of fun stuff on our social media. It's not plumbing related. So okay. we try to keep our social media, the plumbing is boring. So we try to keep our social media pretty fun. Well, actually, so tell me about, uh, you got contacted by Ford because of the videos you were doing with your electric van. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we, uh, last April, we bought a, we had, we had ordered it um, a couple of months before, but if we took delivery of an all electric Ford Transit, and um, I didn't know too much about EVs at all. Um, I know sometimes EVs can have like a political connotation to them. That's not me at all. I just, I was fairly neutral with it. I just figured it was a lot cheaper to buy and it's a lot cheaper to operate. So let's, let's try it out and see. And so we realized we were one of the first in the nation to receive their Ford Transit. And we just so happened to be firing up our YouTube channel at that time. So we did a lot of videos early on about what it's like to own a Ford Transit. Um, we were talking about, you know, the range and all the different features of it and kind of like an automotive reviewer channel, only we aren't automotive reviewers, we're plumbers. So you're getting it from like a real world user standpoint instead mm -hmm. of you know, some guy who's paid to talk well about it. And next thing we know, our business phone rings and it's an executive from Ford and the Ford e-transits are manufactured here in the Kansas city plant. Oh. And so they happened to be in town that day. And they said, if you're available for lunch, we'd love to take you. And so we had a two and a half hour meeting with a, like five or six executives from Ford. And they started talking a little bit about partnering up with us and our YouTube channel and stuff like that, but it never kind of never, never really went farther than that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the door, the doors never closed on those types of things. And uh, it's, it's great that what you really distinguished yourself by saying, well, I'm not trying to, 
glorify this because that's what I do for a living. This is just, I'm just, uh, you know, Mitch, the plumber literally. And that's, this is how I use this vehicle. And, and I would imagine that all of us in some capacity could start doing that, not because we want the recognition, but because we love the product or because we're fascinated by the product and that love and that fascination leads to opportunities and relationships that you would never expect just because you're showing everybody else what you know and what you love. Yeah. And what's wild is when we started out making the videos, we didn't even know if we loved it yet. And so a lot of our early videos were saying like, you know, if we find great stuff with this thing, we're going to showcase it to you. If we find problems with it, we're going to show that to you too. So you're going to be like full transparency, whatever we find you're going to see. And it just so happens that Ford makes a pretty dang good all electric van. So we didn't find, you know, I think we've only ever found like one issue with the whole thing. So um, it's, it's done really, really well. So even though we didn't work out something with Ford, um, Ford partners with Salesforce and Ford and Salesforce kind of spun off a, uh, field service management software for, um, for service-based businesses. And that company's called Visor. Visor actually reached out to us through our connection with Ford and Visor is, they're wanting to get our business, but they're also, we're, we're kind of advising with them on how to build their CRM or their field FSM uh, for um, home service-based businesses and everything else. So it's been, it's been kind of fun. They all flew into town and filmed us and made some commercials with us in the background one day. And, and it's, it's been pretty cool. You never know where, you never know where stuff like that's going to lead. You never know. And uh, all you can do is is go out there and be an interesting person and talk about the things that are interesting to you and and the right people will be attracted. And and so as we're as we're closing up here, I know that you have another project uh, that's kind of on the side where you're chronicling your journey in starting this business. And and that has gained some traction as well. And so so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have a, a podcast called The Void, and um, that podcast started from a book where I wrote about how to start, like I basically wrote a book for how I started our business, and I kind of tabled it for a while. I figured not too many of the people that would need to read that, or and I, early on, I figured not too many people would want to read it, and then later on, I figured now there's probably a lot of people that need this information but maybe they aren't book readers. And so we kind of turned a lot of that information into a podcast. And so um, we've been doing that podcast for about a year and we've got a fairly decent following. We've picked up a couple of sponsors on the podcast and we've realized how engaged our following is. And so we are getting ready to come out with a mentorship program to help like instead of one directional through a podcast, um, it's going to be two directional with this mentorship program where we're going to be able to help other people around the nation start their service-based businesses. That's amazing. And, and, and so if anybody is, uh, is listening to this, who, who would, who would be the ideal person to engage with that podcast or potentially this mentorship can describe that person. And maybe they're listening right now. 
Yeah. So anybody in the trades um, are, are like it, it probably applies to a lot more people than the trades, but a lot of our information is kind of focused more on like service and trades based businesses. So, you know, plumbers, electricians, heating and cooling guys, tile guys, remodel guys, um, you know, anything like that, landscapers, lawn care, you know, any service or trades based business um, that is new into business or wanting to grow their business or or is considering starting their business maybe you're a tile guy and you want want to one day have your own tile company or, or whatever the case may be um that is who our audience is uh with with that so um and and like i say we we're re very religious about it we do one episode a week and we we see quite a bit of engagement with it we, we were really surprised nice that's great. And and where can you learn more about that podcast and engage? Uh, where can somebody engage with you about that? Yeah. So like our Facebook page for that podcast is at podcast, the void. Um, so if you type in at podcast, the void, it'll show up on Facebook. Uh, we're also on YouTube and we're on Spotify and we're on iTunes or Apple podcasts. So um, there's a lot of them called the void. If you search the void, you're going to see a ton of them, but it's a, it's a white background with red letters and it just says the void on it. Pretty simple. Uh, pretty easy to to spot. Very well. Mitch Smedley, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much uh, for coming on here and sharing a little bit about how you get stuff done and your journey for growing this business. Uh, once again, for those of you who are in the Kansas City area and you need some help with a plumbing issue or you have a plumbing question, you can go to callsmedley.com. That's C-A-L-L-S-M-E-D-L-E-Y. Dot com. And for those of you who are in the trades and interested in launching, branching out on your own, building your own book of business, I encourage you to look up the podcast called The Void. You can find it easily on Facebook at Podcast The Void. That's going to do it for this episode of The Do Zone. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, if you like what you see, you like what you hear, if you want to keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify, it takes one second to push a button. And then remember, if you run a small business and you could use a significant boost in productivity this year for less than it costs your team to take to take your team out to lunch, we got your back. Visit unbreakableteams.com to learn more. Hey, until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Share this episode with a friend, screenshot it and add it to your Instagram stories, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever works best for you. If you're looking to crush your goals this year and level up your team, we're here to help. To learn more about how our scientifically backed process can increase your company's productivity by up to 300%, head over to unbreakableteams.com. That's unbreakableteams.com. <laughs>